Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm going to be your host. One of the things I love most about the show and going to conventions and talking with other fans is discovering people who are just now getting into this, just now starting to find what really interests them about genre fiction. And I love that because I'm envious of these people to have just discovered this whole world of content out there and realizing that not only can you spend a lifetime watching and reading and playing the things you like, but that you can get into creating it, that's a point in your life that personally I wish I could get back and I would really like to talk to anybody who's in that situation. So, Henry, let's get started with you right now. On mic today, we have Henry Hack. How are you doing today, good sir? I'm doing swell. Um, How are you? I am doing fantastic. I am looking forward to this chat because I have just gotten a few animation-related guests on here uh, recently, and I'm looking forward to seeing what your take on the topic is. How I um, started um, to do these animation projects, and I I really think that once I do uh, do more, I tend to um, spill more ideas and to get on what I uh, should do for a series um, sooner or later. So I've seen your YouTube channel and you have some test animation projects done there, which are extremely promising in terms of what you've got and the talent you have. And it's not just talent, but you have a mastery of exactly how to tell a story using lines and, and new movement. Yeah. So how did that get rolling? Um, Once uh, when I was little, um, 2010, I was uh, looking through Cartoon Network, which um, basically, which basically inspired me to doing animation, uh, like Johnny Bravo, um, uh, Courage the uh, Courage, Courage the um, Cowardly Dog, um, Adventure Time. Really, I like that show, um, and I also like. Um, at some times, I like Steven Universe because they because they have these styles of animation, like character design, the environmental design. Everything is beautiful, and I want to do something just like that. Fair enough, and this is yeah. interesting because um, I kind of got away from watching Cartoon Network at around the time you were really getting into it. Yeah. I think it's kind of a generational split, which is neither good nor bad. But I find it really interesting that you were digging it big time. And what what kind of drew you into it? What cert- you mentioned certain shows. Was there something that you just saw and said, I need to do that. I want to do that. I want that to be my world. It's um, um, this fluidness, the, the fluidness to like characters and how they move. And like it in the end. Oh, crap. The imagery itself describes a lot like when looking into a character like when they're scared they're like oh you see the eyes the mouth everything i i just want to do something more than just um auditory you know Mm -hmm. so it's 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 an argument with some illustrators and cartoonists that some are really in favor of writing driven animation and some are really in driven of animation driven animation where you're telling the jokes through the visuals and it seems that you're 
you're one of those people that really you want to tell your story through the visuals. Yes, very much. Is there a story that's in the back of your head that you're you're working on now? Uh, what I'm working on now for the rest of my uh, senior year, um, it's about a knight and a dwarf. And um, I didn't come up with a storyboard yet, but um, one, uh, the, one of the characters, which is the knight, is uptight and like thinking that he's all perfect and everything. And Dorf is like, mm, eh, just let him do whatever he wants. Type. Uh, it's it's one of those uh, it's one of those characters. And then it's like a, char- a character de- um, development where they both like show their insecurities. It's something something came to mind that I like to like create and show the audience. It. To me, from what you're describing in there, I'm getting the vision of like a buddy comedy in a medieval yeah. setting. That would oh, yeah. be really cool. So when you're talking about just fan to fan here, I mean, I love cartoons too. I can rattle off a bunch of them ranging from stuff that's being made today to stuff that was made in the silent era. I mean, I am I am that dude. So if you're if you're liking cartoons, you're talking to the right guy. Yeah. So I'm thinking of, for example, uh, is there a certain like original cartoon that as, do you do you like ca- cartoons from say uh, the Warner Brothers collection or the Disney collection or is have you mo- focused mostly on Cartoon Network? When I first uh, started watching cartoons, it's from Hanna Barbera, and okay. I when I was um, getting into it, I was like, they keep on using the same frames, you know. Mm-hmm. I, you, you know how like they run and then the scene like uh, layout is like replayed and like repeat at repeat it would just go on and on and on. Same with the walking, uh, walking, running, um, and posing uh, keyframes. And I really think it's just generic. It's- yeah. I have such a love-hate relationship with Hanna-Barbera. I, I, because it's the characters are memorable. The characters... Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you got Sorry. I was I saying, the characters are memorable. The characters are like, I love my Yogi. I love my Scooby. But when you yeah. actually look at the animation, the quality of what you're seeing, it's like you have a still frame and the hand and the mouth is moving and everything else is stationary. yeah. And I think uh, they keep on reusing the chem- chemistry of like Scooby Doo. There was this one version where um, instead of like a dog, it'd be uh, it'd be a dog, like the typical uh, stereotypical uh, characters, and then with a live action like er- it's hard to describe. There's one that's similar to Scooby Doo, and then there's one with a live car. It's so weird. If you look at what they did in the 70s, they did like 20 shows in the 70s, some of which only lasted for like six or 10 episodes, but they were all a bunch of teenagers with an animal mascot. It was like they were trying to redo Scooby with an octopus or a lion or a shark. And it it just never, the formula never clicked the way it did for Scooby. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I love watching those cartoons as a kid some more than others always like the jetsons i I could kind of gleam onto that just because they Uh, had to be clever for the jetsons yeah i started re-watching that 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, hmm, I get the nostalgic feel, but now it's like, it now it's kind of grown into me, but I, I still want to watch it because that nostalgic feel. It doesn't hold up. I mean, I, I like it in small chunks now. But like yeah. we said, it, the same basic Hanna-Barbera issues with the repeating background and the, the dropped frames. It's, But you see that and you know where you want to go with your own ideas. Yeah. I mean, on the other hand, we had cartoons like the, the early, early cartoons from like the 30s. They had the opposite. Everything moved. Everything was motion. It was like like a, a fever dream whenever you had to see a single scene. <laughs> yeah. There was this dinosaur um, that was that was put to um, to a test or something. It's, so, it's something like that. The first animation was about like a dinosaur doing this and that. Mm-hmm. About an animator like having like bunches and bunches of like paper and frames of like doing this one animation. It's it's unbelievable. Now it's like it's on a tablet. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, to see where we've come from and where we're going uh, and your, what tools are you using? I guess I should ask that because I'm, I'm making a lot of assumptions about what's going on behind the scenes here. Uh, for sketching ideas for characters, layouts and um, storyboards, I use a sketchbook and uh, I import that on the, on the internet. And then I, uh, I uh, underlined it and then like sketch out a couple more ideas from the sketch pad and see to see what like stands out what appeals what's more appealing and once once uh, one of them or a couple of them is appealing I somewhat can choose one and then combine them or just choose one and that's about it and then import that into um, um, Krita which I'm using and design what things is, what stands out. Mm-hmm. You mentioned CTC animation? Yeah. Okay, um, I'm, I'm not, that's not a tool that's in my toolbox, so could you kind of tell me how that works? Uh, it stands for Career um, Technology Center. Okay. Uh, it really provides um, the students and needs of what they want to do when they grow up. Um, recently, or a couple of years ago, um, 2019 or 2018, I don't know when they, uh, when they uh, started this program for animation, uh, I was like, wow, uh, they actually, uh, they actually um, put out a program for animation and video game design. It's also a video game design because first out of, not first out, uh, first three hours would be animation. The rest of the hours would be uh, video game design. Um, and I was like thinking, hmm, you know, that might be a really good idea to like join in because it's, I know it's not just animation, CTC or video game design. It is like engineering, nursing, um, a lot of other stuff. It's I'm surprised how many people got into CTC because um, I think it, it really helps people to choose what they want to do when they grow up. It, if it's a 3D, is, is there a 3D modeling aspect to it? Uh, right now, it's just a 2D animation. Okay. But in the future, I, 
the reason I ask is that there's, there's a lot of areas where 3D design tends to cross over when it comes to industries. Yeah. And that's just uh, something that, that people don't tend to uh, give that a lot of credit that say, hey, um, just because I can make a video game character, the same skill set applies to designing a real life representation of the same thing. It's not that different. Because he used shapes that defines the character, like squares, mm -hmm. circles, and triangles. Usually, triangles are the um, main aspects of like villain, like. But it's not. It doesn't always have to be villain. It defines the character. Because I think I think um, some some of my friends would say no. I think triangles would be the the uh, the definition of villain or an antagonist. But, mm, it doesn't really matter. It just depends on the tone that they set off, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, it becomes a, a, a matter of, of putting your own artistic spin on there because then it, it, it stops being a matter of uh, aesthetics and just starts to be a matter of intent. Yeah. So when you're, you put a lot of effort into uh, the art artistry of it and, and getting your skills down, but I'm also surprised that you've, apparently put some thought into the story concept too. You're willing to, to write as well as design. Yeah. And sometimes it'd be hard and sometimes it would not like uh, come up with a storyboard. It, it depends. It depends on how easy or no, how easy and how hard or it is to explain a story. Cause they also have to do with um, story writing. I mean, storyboard and story writing, uh, sorry. Have you considered collaborating with anybody on something? Um, I was planning on collabing, collaborating with uh, the other students that I'm with. Awesome, awesome. Because, you know, a lot of people who are listening to this right now are, they're in my spot now where college is in their rearview mirror. It's not something that they're going to be, and they're thinking, man, to have my post high school years ahead of me to do what I want to do. And there's that thought that I could do that with, you know, knowing everything I know now that's never in the cars, by the way, just kind of stop living that dream. But to, to, to have that chance to do what you want, that's, that's a lot of power in that. And yeah. it seems like you're on the right track. So have you given any thought to, like I said, a, a grand project, something that may take you months or years to do? Uh, I'm planning on making a concept of our reality and turn it into like where monsters are like humans and then like everything else is normal. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to spell out ideas for uh, plot for mm -hmm. that. Because it's, to me, storyboarding stuff like that can be complex. And sometimes it's like, oh, it's like a light bulb that just popped out of my like right or left ear. It, sometimes it can be easy to see what you're trying to do, but sometimes it can be hard to describe what you're trying to, uh, trying to um, do for like for a whole series, you know? Um, one of my recent episodes with author Peter David, who's done a lot of work on Star Trek and the X-Men, and he did uh, some specifically for the comic books. He would start out by writing 
just a general description of what was going on. And uh, he would flesh out the story part of what he was doing. Cause he's like, I'm not an artist. I'm not going to do arty things. I, I, that's, that's for them to do. But then he, he learned that there were cases where it helped to be able to say, okay, in this scene, we need to kind of look at this character from this point of view. And that's going to lead to this revelation. It, there became a, a concept of walking the artist through the story itself. And sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes that was to everybody's benefit. Yeah. Um, I also, um, when he said when he got discouraged by how he can't draw like a certain scene, um, I, I also had the feeling at certain times where I couldn't draw and I would like stand up and take a couple minute break. Mm-hmm because sometimes you need to settle and calm down, because that, that's when uh, that's when it actually works to clicks. Um, another artist I've had on here, we commented that there are times that she will draw the same thing over and over again. Oh, and yeah. it, it never comes out right. And me, if I do that, I'm like, okay, after time number three, if it's not happening, I show it in the trash and go make brownies or something. But she's like no you keep going on because that fourth or fifth time you try it again and suddenly everything's right and to me that concept is completely foreign but you're i'm looking your eyes tells me you get this yeah same with animation when when you don't get the right uh line for a certain like frame yeah you get the same uh tone of anger that that, that it's like set in because you, you want to like for for instance, I have a, I have a student in CT uh, in animation where uh, she tries to put all her like efforts in, in this uh, imagine uh, um, submission. Imagine is like when uh, show what you can do or not show what you can do, but show what you have for an animation project, and they and then they'll sh- um, they'll, <clears throat> it's like it's like a um, first place, second place, uh, third place type of, um, tournament is to me, it's like a tournament. I, I don't, I don't always, I don't like to apply there. So I just like to see what, uh, my students can do and see how, how many other, like, um, they came, um, how many other projects they came up with. And man, she put her hard work into in her own like projects. Sometimes, um, I heard this from my teacher. Uh, she, um, she would sometimes like um, just like took a lot of breaks because um, I think she was a perfectionist at some time. And I really I thank you for for her dag- dedication to like her. I don't know I don't know what she's working on right now, but I thank you for like, like putting all our harvests into her projects because it man like animations. Animation can be, it can take a very long time. Yeah. And it's, it's hard on you because you have to come up with the concepts and make sure it's executed well. If you're doing it on a computer, it's hard on the equipment because then you have to set it to render for a day or two and you don't know what it's going to turn out with like after when it's done, you hope for the best. Yeah. Hope if it doesn't crash because sometimes it uh, does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, like 
whenever um, you need to find the right equipment for the rendering, because it's like, oh, man, it's really not turning out too well because it's going to crash, crash. It, it's it's a it's a lot to take in if that like ever happens. Mm-hmm. So again, because I'm quite frankly old, uh, what are you mainly using these days? Is it, are you strictly on a tablet? Do you have a laptop desktop combination? Um, I have a desktop. Um, I have a <clears throat> desktop uh, combination. I just, uh, no, I just have a um, PC tower. Um, tablets, uh, screen, screening tablet and um, another monitor. That makes sense to me because I've been hearing for quite a while that, you know, tablets are going to be the world and computers are going to go away. And that might make sense for some people, but for people like you, where you're actually creating and you need the muscle, I can't imagine not doing some of the work on an actual computer. Yeah. Does that match how you see the world? Yeah. It's like now I it's like now everyone's like relying on it. I've seen people making like these simple uh projects that they didn't put like you can do like 30 seconds of it and get millions of views on YouTube. While in new grounds, it's like, oh man, uh check out this video. Check out what this dude's doing. Um just did for the for his animation projects or games or music projects it's not just like strictly to like oh i had to wait for a year for it to like sponsor me you know because that's like what's youtube now and that's a whole other conversation as to what youtube is and the the mechanics of getting sponsored and uh frankly it's it strikes me as being not the the way I want to go about getting my content out there. Yeah. I like what you've been doing with just putting up your, your, your test animation. You're not worried about somebody, you know, ragging on it or. I actually criticism because I, I actually like the criticism that people threw throw at me because it's like, wow, this gets me excited because I, now, now I see, more of what I need to work on. Mm-hmm. It makes me happy because that's real. That's realistic. It is realistic and it's professional. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's showing that you're going to grow as an artist, whereas a lot of people don't see why that's important. I've seen other uh, YouTubers um, not taking criticism, and that's like an ouch. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name any any of them. But I think I think they just need to take a time and just like think on what they should work on. Because one of them, they're like, "Don't judge me on what I should draw for hands." Is oh, the hands are like terrible to be honest. Yeah, hands are tough. No judgment there. <laughs> but um, are you familiar with Rob Liefeld? Uh, no. Creator of Deadpool. Oh. I'm familiar with Deadpool. So you know his work. Okay. Actually, yeah. I'm, I'm looking over your shoulder now. And is that Spider-Man or Deadpool? I can't tell. Deadpool. Okay. So he has been known for his art has been criticized. Let's put it that way. Oh. Um, and one of the things is he tends to not draw feet. He avoids it because I get they're tough. 
but he made fucking Deadpool. Okay. I mean, you can, you can crap on him all you want. The dude made Deadpool a well-loved character and he's having a good time doing it. You're not going to make everybody happy. I mean, I mean, if people criticizes you for drawing certain things wrong, I mean, it gives you the time to think, maybe I should practice on doing this. There's some times where uh, people like criticize themselves and what they should work on, which mm-hmm. I, that should take on place for YouTube. Because I think everyone should just think twice before doing this or that, because that's going to cause a lot of trouble on media. Mm-hmm. I mean, ugh, it's like World War Three, Four, Five, Six, World War Infinity, Infinity, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's the internet and criticism is a very, very scary place. I don't envy anybody who's who's never known a world without it, to be quite honest with you. Because that's something that I can kind of just say, well, if Twitter ends up being a problem on this particular day, I can put my phone down and walk away because that's not the rest of the world. But for some people, that is their whole world. And I, I wouldn't want to live like that. Yeah. But if you're like you, where you're taking it on as like, this is a way I can grow. Criticism is the tool I need to kind of see where I should put my efforts. That's that's really positive. Yeah. So, and I've seen people who, from the podcasting angle, will say, and I'm not making this up. I've heard people say this. I started a podcast six months ago, and I'm not rich yet. What am I doing wrong? Okay, Um well, for one, you're thinking that way. That's the first thing you've done wrong. Second, you probably got into this for the wrong reason. It's it's unfortunate. It really is. Yeah, I've I've seen um, uh, uh, YouTubers um, that does uh, live streams. Uh, have you heard of Tipster? A little bit. Yeah. Um, I like what he's done, and I like how he's progressing in that platform. Because it's again, YouTube is really hard to grow from, and um, I like I like what he's um, doing, and I like what he's um, doing podcasts—not podcasts, but like um, live streams of like situations that he likes to talk about. It's yeah, really good dedication. Not gonna lie. Yeah. And I, I, I like content like that. I like where people are open and honest, like we're talking about right here. We're looking at the creativity that we're, we're trying to get into. Uh, this isn't scripted. We're not really, we don't have an agenda. This is just two fans getting together and saying, man, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this? Yeah. And that's the hungry part of the hungry trilobite is I know this is the content people are wanting that they're not getting a lot. Yeah. That's like, Ooh, uh, dumb faces and and then that creator gets like millions and millions of like likes mm-hmm. uh, I, and I, it didn't start with YouTube I mean I remember being on the internet and getting an email in like late 1999 and it was a small video of a monkey smelling something and falling off a log and, and is this went okay. everywhere yeah, but this is like ten years before YouTube, and still people are still laughing at stupid stuff. You know that that has its day, but people want something that's going to make them think a little bit, that's going to give them something to look forward to. That's my belief, anyway. Yeah. 
So Henry, um, I want to make sure I link to your YouTube channel in the show notes on my website, aaronbostic.com. Is there any other places that we could send people to follow your work, follow your adventures, any social media links you might have? Uh, I might have a, a, I might create a Facebook account because um, Mr. Um, Albino Rhino suggests me to create a Facebook account. Facebook account would be good. I would also suggest getting $12 together and buying your own domain somewhere and get yourself a website. Even if it just links to your Facebook account, just saying, Hey, henryhack.com or henryhackanimation.com. That's where you can go find everything I've got. Or alias or my alias.com. Yeah. Something like that, because it's, it's really crucial to own your own content. Yeah. Okay. Well, Henry, I want to thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed the chat and I'm looking forward to talking to you again as your uh, career progresses. Okay. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm glad to have you here, man. I like this kind of work. I like seeing people grow in, in their careers. So uh, hope to have you back soon. I would like to thank Henry for being my guest today, and I would like to thank you for listening. For the community building part of the show today, that part where we talk about ways to grow the show that take less than five minutes of your time and I promise cost you nothing, let's talk about animation. I would really like to do more animation-focused episodes, so if there are certain topics that you would like to recommend or certain animated shows or talents that you'd like to talk to, reach out to me at bossigpodcast at yahoo.com or follow me on Twitter at Aaron Bossig. I would really like to get into more discussions of what you're looking for from this show. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, Spotify, and we are syndicated on Realm of the Mist, a fantastic podcast network. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.